Welcome to the Peg Leg Podcast. I'm Greg Marshall, telling stories with a limp. True stories about mistakes, missteps, and inspiring encounters that change the trajectory of life. This is episode six. It's called My Friendship with Jer One and the Start of Figureheads. I remember in high school when we started rapping, it was a language, a form of attraction. I believe we should all have moments when we meet a new friend who changes the trajectory of our lives. That's happened to me a few times. One of my favorites started with a bizarre phone call. That's the first time I met Jer One. I was in my dorm room. It was small, but I had it to myself. The wall next to my bed was covered by an old giant rug with the image of a bullfighter on it. My desk had scented candles, and my small window view was 18 stories up overlooking the UW-Milwaukee campus, with a nice view of Lake Michigan beyond that. It was my sophomore year. My phone rang, and when I answered it, I didn't recognize the voice. He said, is this Greg? I said, yes. He said, I heard you go to an open mic in Madison on Wednesdays. Next time you go, I'd like to go with you. I imagine my forehead wrinkled with a confused look because I didn't know who this was. Eventually, he told me his name, Jeremy Bryan. He sounded like an East Coast rapper with an always rhythmic and raspy voice, almost like he was perpetually performing, but in a way that actually seemed natural. He told me to pick him up at the library at six o'clock. I asked a friend of mine to come with me because I wanted a witness to this very strange situation. Jeremy was waiting outside the library, visually matching the style his voice portrayed over the phone. It took us no more than 10 minutes before we were sharing lyrics back and forth. It was clear he was a good rapper. I hadn't met many people who could rhyme like him. His style was a paradox to me. It was sort of futuristic with the flavor of ancient poetry. I remember one of his songs from those early years. He wrote, Let's reduce the art of MC into its roots, free from the refuse and debris that pollutes, flows induced by substance abuse. We judge an MC by the fruits he produced. MCs are slaves to what they spit, swear they don't care, swear that they brave for saying it, and believe they've achieved something great for staying lit. Afraid of an MC who's been saved from the pit, from the bottomless abyss of a narcissistic bliss in which you hardly exist, misusing artistic gifts. His lyrics were always unique. We went to the open mic in Madison that night. Jeremy met a bunch of my friends, the Good Life crew, led by Roberto Rivera. Roberto's story is insane. He's the guy that showed me how to take music into schools and how to mobilize people to do great things. In this setting, at this youth center, he had DJs on turntables, breakers practicing on the floor, rappers passing the microphone, graffiti art all around us, sometimes being created out back while we performed. All of it was life-giving and fun. No drama, a diverse group of friends, different ages. It was fun to introduce Jeremy to that magical place. I loved being there. After that night, Jeremy and I hung out regularly. We talked about all kinds of things and shared lyrics as often as we could. Eventually, I got to know his group of friends. It's just most of them were dead authors, and that was one of my favorite things about Jeremy. At this point in college, I was experiencing a big change in myself. 
I was learning to take school and life more seriously, not because I was told to, but because I wanted to. When I started college, I tested so low in English that I had to take two semesters of non-accredited classes to prove I could handle it. Same for math. It was in those non-accredited English classes that I realized I was actually good with words. I had never gotten above a C in English before, and it never dawned on me that my love for writing lyrics was a clue that writing in general might be a gift of mine. If my gift with words was a small flame at that point, getting to know Jeremy was like pouring gasoline on it. He would come to my dorm room with his lyrics and a couple of books of philosophy and classic literature. He'd tell me about rappers I had never heard of, and then he'd tell me I should be reading more books to become a better MC. I'm talking about Kierkegaard, Dostoevsky, T.S. Eliot, Gerard Manley Hopkins, all of his dead author friends. And in the same breath, he'd talk about rappers like Aesop Rock. I soaked it up because I was hungry for it. For me, that momentum increased more and more. Mondays, I'd go to philosophy club. Tuesdays, I'd sometimes go to the Hillel Jewish student group to listen to a rabbi teach. On Wednesdays, I met with two Saudi Arabian students who were part of the Muslim Student Association. Thursdays, I got involved with Crew, a Christian student group on campus. And Fridays, I'd sometimes go to the great books discussions to talk about literature with faculty and community members. I got a job at the library just so I could see what books people were reading about philosophy, religion, or writing. I had no idea that this is what I would love. Jeremy helped to stir that in me. I started writing lyrics that felt true to me, lyrics that told my story in my way. As a result, I wrote verses like, Give back the forgettable child that I lost, burned in the innocent miles that I walked, colored by the colorful rhythms that I talked. I bought my thoughts on wasted weekends, God-given secrets. I really speak them. I pretend punishing myself in defense. Wolves are supposed to be clothed in sheepskin. I've been clothed in people's opinions. The pinball pawn in the kind of condition that plagues every man in the poor position. Women don't give up in all this opposition. The peace in me's building and I'm ready to listen. The profiting pilgrims are probably vicious, but I been too busy doing the dishes to notice the water is all fictitious god can you honestly give forgiveness and these are the thoughts I that mix of hip-hop poetry passion philosophy and storytelling it went deep into me it became part of who i am it helped me define who i am jeremy and i started dreaming wondering what we might create together I remember walking around campus, we'd wonder out loud if we could make music that would one day be used in schools. We wanted to inspire and educate people. We believed we could. At that time, we had no idea that those words and dreams were seeds that would one day pop out of the ground to do exactly what we said, but in a way we never could have imagined. I forewent my breakfast to buy my girl a necklace and mark me in spontaneous off my checklist. I drive a Lexus. Not really, but I am ambidextrous. Put me on a guest list. Let me guess, miss. Jeremy graduated before me. He got married right out of college to a very talented singer-songwriter named Johanna, and they moved to Madison. When I graduated, I didn't know what to do, so I decided to keep studying. I chose to study theology at a grad school near Chicago. Jeremy and I were both doing our own things, but those conversations we had back on campus kept stirring in us. 
I wanted to go for it with music. He did too, but we weren't sure about the timing or how to do it. One day I was in class and my favorite professor was giving a lecture. She suddenly stopped talking and looked at me. In front of the whole class, she said, Greg, I don't know what you're going to be doing with your life, but whatever it is, this program is not going to prepare you for it. I was stunned, partly because she said it in that way, but also because I knew she was right. That school had a chapel service for students. I decided to go that week and they had a guest speaker. In the middle of his talk, he said, do you really believe you need a piece of paper from this institution to do the thing you were created for? I took it as a sign and I dropped out after that semester. You should also know that not long before this, I asked Laura Richard to marry me. Now I had to tell her parents, my future in-laws, that I was dropping out of grad school to pursue a career as a rapper. It made sense to me, but I'm pretty sure they're still confused. I moved to Madison to make music with Jeremy. Somewhere around this time, Jeremy introduced me to a musical genius named Dave Olson. Dave had been pioneering electronic music in Minneapolis. I'll tell you more of his backstory and our first encounter another time. Those are great stories too. The three of us converged on Madison and we started creating. We called ourselves figureheads. As I said in episode five, at that time, I started working as a line therapist with children who have autism. Jeremy, at the same time, was working with youth who were homeless. Both of us were using music to connect with the kids we were helping. Dave was staying up all night making beats. That was the perfect combination. Also in episode five, I talked about writing a song for a little girl named Annie. That song changed her life and ours. The psychologist who owned the clinic I worked for wanted to help more kids with our music. He asked me how we might do that. I asked him to hire my friends, and he said yes. Thank you, Andy Paulson. At this point, there were four of us. Myself, Jeremy Bryan, the literary and lyrical genius, Dave Olson, an electronic music phenom, and Casey Kaysheimer, another cat from the Twin Cities who was a multi-talented and uber-energetic musician and artist. We created together our first kids album called You Come Too, while also working on our regular music. Our group evolved, our music evolved, and over time we found ourselves in some pretty unforgettable adventures. One time, Jeremy, Dave, and I were invited to perform in Washington, D.C. In one weekend, we performed at Sidwell Friends School, where both Malia and Sasha Obama were attending at the time. And then that night, we opened for 3-6 Mafia. That was our lives. Performed for kids, and then for hip-hop heads in a bar or club or at a university. One of our more memorable shows was opening for Neo on a college campus in Minnesota. We had a lot of fun doing that, but we also learned an important lesson. When you open for someone like Neo, you can guarantee that the crowd will be thousands of girls who are only there to see Neo and not an underground hip hop act that doesn't dance or sing love songs. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. 
We wrote music for elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, therapy environments, and for the regular music scene. We co-authored a book called You Come To, A Step Toward Inclusion for Teachers and Parents. We performed for over a million people live in about five years. We did a few shows live on TV and on the radio. We were written up in magazines and newspapers across the country. It was exciting. And I could never tell you in one podcast episode all the stories that are worth sharing. For now, I want to end with one of my favorites. City Pride didn't get the news yet, but I went to Venus and taught her the two-step. Now she's doing what she can to get a move back. And she wanted me to stay, but I moved back. Because I knew I had to find out where the truth at. Go and get it, I'm going to bring it with a youth at. One time we were performing at a conference for kids and families who have disabilities. We were all set up and ready to go. But before the show, we decided to go in and sit with families to eat lunch and to get to know some of them. We sat at a table with a mom and her four kids. Two of her children had a rare condition that caused those two little boys to look very different. They were both under the age of eight or so. Neither of them could walk or talk, and they looked very unique. I remember thinking their heads looked like large circles from the side, and their faces were narrow in front. Each of them sat back in a wheelchair, head resting on the side. We asked their mom all kinds of questions. We got to know the two older kids a little as well. When lunch was over, we all stood up. Their mom picked up one of the boys and held him. He rested his head on her shoulder, obviously loving being close to his mom. Before walking away, I reached up and rubbed his back and said, We'll see you later, buddy. At that moment, his mom was startled. And she looked at me with a shocked look in her eyes. I felt bad. I said, did I do something wrong? She said, no, it's just no one ever touches my son like he's a normal boy. Thank you. Those words are carved into my memory forever. A little while later, we stepped on stage. I had performed in a lot of different places in front of many different kinds of people, this time felt different. In the deepest part of who I am, I understood more of why I was there. I was realizing that writing and performing music, my calling in life was less about me than I thought. So often we perform thinking our job is to draw and keep everyone's attention, to impress people, to be the center of the universe for those moments. But I was discovering that in reality, my gift with words was for that mom and her two sons so that they could have a voice, so that their story could be told, so that they would know they are not alone and that someone sees them and cares about them. That's why that microphone was in my hand. That's why I fought to find my voice in those non-accredited classes my freshman year and why I read those books and why I locked myself in my dorm room and freestyled for hours and hours when I was in college. That's why I'm grateful that Jeremy brought me those books and challenged me to think deeper about life. That's why I'm also grateful he called me that night. You see, when Jeremy and I were in college dreaming about creating music that would transform people, we never talked about how pursuing that dream would transform us. 
Looking back, I'm glad we were not conscious of that reality because discovering the power of that kind of transformation, the kind that comes when you try to do something about your dreams, that transformation has been one of the most satisfying surprises ever. That kind of discovery transcends the moments when you're on stage and it goes with you into the everyday, ordinary things of life. I think that's one of the main reasons it's important to dream and then to do something about it. Because that's how we learn and come to understand that the everyday mundane things are sacred, that all of it matters. And our dreams don't need to be huge. You don't have to find a career in hip-hop music to be transformed by the experience of stepping into something meaningful. You might dream of writing your own story or painting a picture or mentoring someone who needs it or starting some kind of business or finding love. Don't just dream it. Make yourself available. Go for it. Fall on your face. Get back up. Fail. Fail again, learn from it, keep going, keep trying. And remember, in the end, no matter what awards you win or how many people notice you, the most satisfying treasure you walk away with is a wiser and more thoughtful version of yourself, a version of you that appreciates the ordinary as much as the extraordinary. And you'll probably find some pretty wonderful friendships along the way. I'm not trying to preach at you. I just want you to know that you can choose the kind of person you want to become. And one of the best ways to receive that person is by dreaming and doing something about it. For now, I'm going to leave you with one of the kids' songs that we wrote. This one made an impact in hundreds of thousands of kids' lives. It's called Born for a Reason. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you again for listening. Peace. This song is for kids like me. I know I was born for a reason. Even you can't see it, we can. I know I was born for a reason. This song is for the kiddos we believe in. Kiddo, you were born for a reason. Even if you can't see it, we can. You were born for a reason If I only had one song to tell you what I know Then it would be this one And it would be my hope That every single person that heard it would understand That even though some things don't go as we plan Life has a way of bringing blessings in disguise Kiddo, you're a gift Don't let anybody lie to you Some people just don't get it But I do There's nothing better than watching your personality shine through They say that everybody's different, right? But I think we have a lot in common, like all of us want to be liked and accepted It would hurt every one of us to be rejected Every single child has a style that's perfected When they're free to be themselves So protect them If it wasn't for these kids We might pretend that it's all about us When it should be about them This song is for the kiddos we believe in Kiddo, you were born for a reason Even if you can't see it, we can Kiddo, you were born for a reason This song is for the kiddos we believe in Kiddo, you were born for a reason Even if you can't see it, we can Kiddo, you were born for a reason You got a strong mind, you're a prince, little man 
Even when you think you can't, I know you can Step it up, step on out, find your voice, let it out There's nothing to be upset about, just get it out of your system And know that I'm always here to listen Even if you're stuttering, even with a lisp Communication goes way beyond words If you listen with your whole self, the heart is heard And that's where life really gets cool It's like discovering a beautiful jewel And everything seems worth it then And we join with the dance of the earth and spin Around the sun, yeah that's how it's done Let's find a hill or a mountain to shout it from We declare that even where It's hard to see life coming through, it's there This song is for the kiddos we believe in Kiddo, you were born for a reason Even if you can't see it, we can Kiddo, you were born for a reason This song is for the kiddos we believe in Kiddo, you were born for a reason Even if you can't see it, we can Kiddo, you were born for a reason Every kiddo has a purpose to discover If you're an only child or a sister or a brother You're the hero You're the champion In a boat on the ocean, you're a captain And I know with all of my heart that you are amazing Crazily precious too Keep on dreaming, believe that it might come true Let's walk this together, go on, grab your shoes Even if you can't see it, there's a crown on your head If you're missing an arm, or even your legs You know there's so much ahead, so much life to live So don't, please don't say I'm only a kid Because what you have to give could be the key To make this family complete so stand with me give a shout and a laugh <laughs> even if later on you have to do your math oh, man. let's walk this part together let's walk it side by side let's walk this part together let's walk it you and I let's walk this path together let's walk it side by side let's walk this path together Let's walk it, you and I. I know I was born for a reason. This song is for kiddos like me, and I know I was born for a reason. Even if you can't see it, we can. I know I was born for a reason. This song is for kiddos like me, and I know I was born for a reason. Even if you can't see it, we can. I know I was born for kiddos like me and I know I was born for a reason even if you can't see it we can I know I was born for a reason this song is for kiddos like me and I know I was born for a reason even if you can't see it we can I know I was born for a reason this song is for kiddos like me and I know I was born for a reason even if you can't see it we can Kiddos like me and I know I was born for a reason Even if you can't see it, we can I know I was born for a reason